Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. This week's report takes a less ideological view of the situation in the state of Israel between the Jews and Palestinians. My reports from the last few weeks have provided a rather idealistic and more highly optimistic view of current events and the situation in Israel than I usually give. This week, I will look at the possible problems associated with this. In other words, every idealism is a double-edged sword with possible foreseen and unforeseen downsides. But let me summarize what I propose for the fulfillment of this Jubilee season. Here's my proposal for Israel. Annex all of Israel's land, including Temple Mount, and make all people full citizens who already live within Israel's current boundaries. Make the state of Israel inclusionary, not exclusionary, and stop the conversion agenda. Make the Torah, Israel's law and legal language. Make homosexuality a crime, according to Torah. Uphold the Torah's punishment for other crimes, such as murder. Now, my proposal for Palestinians is full citizenship. No more Palestinian Authority or Hamas. No payments to terrorists' families. Stop murdering Jews and committing terrorism and other war crimes. Accept the State of Israel as your legal government without protest. And no conversion to Judaism required for citizenship. Let Yahweh do the sorting of who belongs there and who does not through working in people's hearts and Israel's legal and biblical punishment of those that commit crimes against the Torah to clean the land and make it a light to the nations once again. And for non-citizens, allow immigration for full citizenship based on belief in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not conversion to Judaism. These proposed ideas meet the criteria for showing Yahweh that we understand and will comply with the Jubilee's principles as best we can until Messiah comes and that we intend to be a 12-tribed nation. Also, these proposals will make Israel a sovereign state to eliminate outside interference by the United Nations and all other countries. In other words, Israel will be no longer the world's patsy for their Middle East interests over which they start wars. It will allow Israel to make treaties based on its own interests, not the interests of those who want to use Israel to do their dirty work in the Middle East. The benefit to the nations is that it will no longer be necessary for them to burden their federal budgets by paying the Palestinian Authority so it can have what is loosely called an quote-unquote economy from which the leaders pay themselves and terrorists but do not take care of its citizens and infrastructure. This will also ease the financial and social burden of the Arab states, particularly Jordan, for financial support. More importantly, it would solve Jordan's Palestinian issue because Palestinians would have the right to return under Israel's equal immigration laws. New proposals are almost always met with skepticism and criticism. However, the items on this proposal are scripturally sound, even though the implementation will be difficult. I can point to scriptures that say the land belongs to the house of Jacob, 
not to the southern house of Judah, a.k.a. the Jews, alone, or the northern house of Israel alone. The scriptures say that Yahweh is inclusive of all people, including Gentiles, when they come as Ger, converting to Torah, not religion, and there is one law for everyone. I can also prove that conversion to Judaism or Christianity is prohibited in scripture and does not lead to salvation. Jewish conversion was disapproved of by Yeshua who would also have disapproved of the same agenda in Christianity. Conversion is to God's law, Psalm 19.7, not a theology or religion which if implemented in the state of Israel would mean that all citizens are automatic converts to Yahweh's law. Eventually, people's hearts would turn back to God because of seeing the light in the law, according to Proverbs 6.23. To summarize, I propose Israel become a sovereign state governing all of Israeli territory including the people from the house of Israel, 12 tribes, that it act righteously before Yahweh and not be concerned with the politics of the nations and that it has peace inside its own borders. Does this sound like I am an anti-Semite Jew hater and doing the work of the devil to you? What this makes me is the lover of Yahweh's kingdom over everything else, including other people's opinion of me. So now, let's take a look at what is happening with Trump's peace process this week. Will Trump's plan include any of the principles of the Jubilee season we are now in? Abbas is defying all attempts for peace in Israel, so Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Egypt, and the United Arab Emirates said they see no other choice but to go over his head and have decided to back Washington's decision to present the peace plan to the Palestinian people directly. Trump's plan is not only good for Palestinians living under the thumb of the corrupt and oppressive Palestinian Authority, it also includes a long-term ceasefire agreement between Israel and all the Gaza-based terrorist groups who are now creating havoc from the Gaza Strip. The plan contains a series of economic programs for Gaza, particularly to help reduce the 50% unemployment rate. This, plus a series of infrastructural rehabilitation plans for the Strip's electrical and water services, includes the construction of a special Palestinian port in Cyprus. Funding will be sponsored by the international community and the Gulf Cooperation Council. The Trump administration is doubling down on its push for an international humanitarian aid package to the Gaza Strip, hoping that doing so will demonstrate its commitment to the Palestinians and politically pressure the Palestinian Authority to engage with its larger Mideast peace plan. The Trump team has not yet determined how or why Gaza peace will affect the wider problems in the Middle East. Administration officials simply say that solving the Gaza crisis is critical to their larger designs. The Arab countries have urged Abbas to engage with the Americans, saying that otherwise he risks rendering his government irrelevant but to no avail. A senior Ramallah official said Washington and Tel Aviv have decided to take out a hit on Abu Mazen, that is Abbas, and delegitimize him in the eyes of his own people. This is nothing short of a coup. Hamas declined to officially comment on the White House's intention, but one official noted that Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu can make all the plans they want for Gaza. It's nothing but empty words. Only the Palestinian people will decide their future.
We think that the solution under a peace agreement would be a united Gaza and West Bank under one Palestinian leadership. A U.S. official said this past week, You probably realize that this still splits the land of Israel and would not satisfy the Jubilee requirement. A proposed bill set to be decided by Israel's Ministerial Community for Legislation would allow Israeli Jewish citizens to purchase land in the occupied territory paving the way for its eventual incorporation into Israeli territory. Introduced by right-wing politician Bezalel Smotrich, who infamously asserted that the Israeli military should kill Palestinian children who throw stones at soldiers, the bill would dramatically change how land is purchased in Area C of the West Bank, which represents roughly 60% of the territory overseen by the Palestinian Authority. The bill specifically seeks to amend a 1953 law passed when Jordan controlled the territory, which prevents non-Arabs and foreigners from directly purchasing land in the West Bank. Though that law has remained on the books for decades, A 1971 injunction passed by the Knesset has allowed companies registered in the West Bank to purchase property regardless of ethnic or national identity, effectively creating a loophole that allows Jewish Israelis to purchase property in the area. However, the new proposed bill would allow the direct purchase by anyone of land in Area C of the West Bank, a move that would likely speed up the acquisition of land by Israelis at the expense of Palestinians. Therein lies a complication. Area C West Bank Palestine Israel Smotrich's bill which is rumored to be supported by Israeli Justice Minister Ayelet Shaked, would do more than just open up West Bank property to Israeli buyers. As the Jerusalem Post notes, the bill would also allow for the government regulation of 70 illegal Jewish-only settlements in the territory, sometimes called outposts, and would require that the Israeli government and law enforcement treat the settlements as if they were already legalized, despite being considered illegal under international law. Thus, the need for Israel to annex everything, make all people equal citizens, the result of which would be a backlash in the United Nations and other countries, but would make the state of Israel a sovereign state. The proposed bill is just the latest part of a long-standing effort by Israel to annex the West Bank through creeping property purchases, the recognition of illegal settlements, and control of critical resources like water. Israel doesn't need to be seen doing creeping property purchases. They just need to do it outright. Indeed, even though Area C was supposed to be given to the Palestinian Authority in 2000, per the Oslo Accords, the area has remained under Israeli military occupation, which has allowed for the rapid growth of illegal settlements in the area. As a result, illegal Israeli settlers now outnumber Palestinians in the area, a reality that has prompted calls from across the Israeli political spectrum, but particularly among the right wing for the West Bank's annexation. Yet, with Trump in the White House, Israel's efforts to annex the West Bank have become emboldened due to his administration's marked pro-Israel policies. In the case of the West Bank, administration insiders have hinted for some time that Trump would be more than willing to support Israeli efforts to formally overtake Palestinian territory in the region.
For instance, longtime Trump advisor and current U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, notably declared in 2016 that Israel should annex the West Bank entirely and asserted that it could assimilate the Palestinians living in the area without endangering the Jewish characteristics of Israel. Friedman has also claimed that Trump would support Israeli annexation of parts of the West Bank and even the entire West Bank if Israel deemed it necessary. With U.S. support for such a move almost guaranteed, Israel's efforts to annex the West Bank are likely to move forward even if Smotrich's bill stalls as U.S.-Israeli efforts to snuff out all hope for a future Palestinian state continue to gain steam, the bleakest picture yet of the human rights situation in the occupied Palestinian territory will only worsen as Israel creeps ever closer to annexing what remains of Palestine. This is not so. If the new sovereign state of Israel will adopt the Torah, which prescribes equality for all people in the land, the situation might be rough at first, but proper application of Yahweh's kingdom laws would soon quell the problems. People would either obey or would be deported, driven out, as during the time of Joshua, or would suffer punishment for crimes against the Torah. Here is the glaring problem with the current partial annexation plan. It seeks to annex only the occupied Jewish settlement areas. This kind of annexation does not fulfill the requirements of a biblically united kingdom of Israel where all the tribes can be governed by the house of Judah properly under the Torah's dictates. Knesset member and science and technology minister Ophir Okunis, who is of the Likud party, exemplifies the current attitude of most Israelis, I believe. Okunis said during the Obama and Kerry period that there would be no two-state solution and reiterated his stance will hold up in the face of Trump's expected peace plan. He said, My position on the establishment of a Palestinian terror state in Samaria and Judea in the heart of the homeland of the Jewish people is not acceptable in any way. Akunis further said, we are surrounded by entire countries, some of them under Iranian influence, and the Gaza Strip has become a small terror state under the influence of Iran. This happened in all of Lebanon. It happens in Syria, away from the Golan Heights. Do we have to commit suicide? No. Whoever wants to destroy Israel's existence as an independent and strong state will support the idea of two states, that is, the establishment of a Palestinian terror state in the historic homeland of the Jewish people. This is not historically correct, religiously correct, and certainly not correct for security reasons, he said of the idea of a Palestinian Arab state. Full and complete annexation begins to fulfill the purpose and principles of the Jubilee. No one really knows when the Jubilee is exactly. The best that can be said is we are in a Jubilee season right now. We may be in the actual year or perhaps we missed it entirely. But it is more likely that we are still approaching it. Here is why. The functioning Sanhedrin in Israel declared the Jubilee starting in 2016. The Israeli government says it started in 2017. These are best guesses based on past events that pertained to the Jews and the formation of the State of Israel, the years 1918, 1948, and 1967, but the Jubilee cannot be calculated by using arbitrary event dates 
the jubilee must be lived so that we will know when the next one is thus the next jubilee thus the only way to establish the jubilee year is when it will be declared only by the messiah isaiah 61:2 says the messiah will proclaim the jubilee the acceptable year of the lord isaiah prophesies about the coming messiah the king who will set the captives free and restore the house of jacob the messiah king will make a declaration about the year of jubilee now let me explain something that has to do with the double-edged sword of this peace process if the jews annex all israel and begin to follow all of the idealistic proposals even if it is because they sincerely want to follow scripture there will be war and if they don't do this there will be war there will be war either way so why is trump's peace process so important for this jubilee season it is because this is another of yahweh's heart tests whose heart will vote in favor of one state which must and can be ruled by the coming messiah who is willing to stand for the torah and its laws over any man-made political state I can see all the way along since the start of Beast Watch news that Yahweh has used events and situations in Israel to count heart votes. The most recent heart vote that you might remember was the last Israeli election where the issue was between the liberals who wanted to divide the land and the conservatives who did not want that that election was less about politics and more about hearts almost two-thirds of israel's population voted to keep israel undivided and i believe that this majority is now in favor of total annexation of the land whether they favor making all the inhabitants of the land full and equal citizens remains to be seen hebrews the world over not just in israel faced that heart vote about the land during the last israeli election we face another one now but this time it involves including the third strand of the three strand covenant the people the covenant is Yahweh the land and his people Yahweh knows the hearts even of those we currently lump into a group called enemy all God's people have to do is live according to his commandments and he will take care of the hearts he will help his righteous people to take back the land and rid it of those who are not righteous and who don't want to be righteous now back to the reality on the ground Hamas has a dilemma the Gaza Strip is bereft of human dignity the people live in squalor and poverty while their various war factions take the money provided by Iran and other nations for making war on Israel rather than making life better in Gaza if Hamas accepts the aid from Trump's and other nations outstretched hand it must give up its war against Israel but if Hamas accepts these initiatives its rivals first and foremost the ruling Fatah faction will accuse it of selling out to Israel and the US and giving up Palestinian national rights in return for economic projects and humanitarian aid on the other hand rejecting proposals to improve the living conditions of its constituents could aggravate the situation and possibly prompt desperate Palestinians to revolt against the Hamas regime 
Some of the initiatives sound very tempting to a point where it's hard to see how Hamas can say no to a seaport in Cyprus or projects to create job opportunities to solve the serious problem of unemployment in the Gaza Strip. Hamas has nothing to lose, uh, according to this article, by allowing Western parties to establish an industrial zone in the Gaza Strip that would provide thousands of jobs to Palestinians. In fact, such projects benefit Hamas because they exempt it from its responsibilities as the de facto government in the Gaza Strip toward its people. Let me interject here. Hamas does have something to lose. It will lose its hard-won and long-time relationship with Iran. What's worse, from Hamas's perspective, is that it will be making peace with Israel, whom they have constantly threatened will be driven into the sea and destroyed. The choice for Hamas, then, is not just between Iran's money and the West's money. It is a choice between ideologies, the one that says its purpose is to destroy Israel or the one that makes peace with Israel. Hamas Charter's entire purpose is the destruction of Israel. If Hamas accepts Western funds, it will be abandoning its charter, its purpose. This is why the state of Israel must annex Gaza too. That move will remove Hamas as the governing authority in Gaza, the way that annexing all of the West Bank will remove governance from the Palestinian Authority. And in effect, the annexation will remove the word Palestinian from the world's vocabulary because all current Palestinians will become Israelis. As for the Palestinians, the best thing that can happen to them is to decide with the ousting of Hamas and the PA and to cooperate with the annexation. Stay tuned, I'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Kimberly Rogers-Brown thanking you for listening to The Jerusalem Report produced by BeastWatchNews.com and asking you to send your support. A donation of any size to BeastWatchNews.com. It costs money to run ministries, to teach the word, interpret the prophecies, and to keep websites online. Trust me, we sure do appreciate it. And remember, you can read the transcript of today's broadcast under the Jerusalem Report at BeastWatchNews.com Join Pete Rambo and Kimberly Rogers Brown in Jerusalem for the Feast of Sukkot. 16 nights for only $825. Offer includes breakfast and dinner. Does not include airfare, other transportation, or lunch. Present yourself before the eyes and heart of the King in Jerusalem. Go to aniyosef.com for details. A-N-I-Y-O-S-E-F.com. See you this year in Jerusalem and stay tuned for details on the upcoming Jerusalem tour. Such a deal. Join the Rambo and Brown Jerusalem Tour at Sukkot 2018 for only $199 for three days or $74 a day for a single day in case you can't attend all three days. We will visit the important sites in Jerusalem Old City plus Mount Herzl and Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Museum. You will see amazing archaeological evidence of Jerusalem and Temple Mount going back thousands of years. This year in Jerusalem... Hamas leaders and officials appear to be divided over the various initiatives that are being proposed by Israel, the U.S., and the U.N. While some of them have categorically rejected the initiatives, others maintain that Hamas should positively consider these proposals as long as they don't require it to make significant concessions. The rejectionist camp in Hamas is headed by Mahmoud Zahar, who last week was quoted as saying his movement will not make any concessions in return for lifting the blockade or the sanctions on the Gaza Strip. Gaza will not die of starvation, Zahar said. 
Zahar and his camp also argue that Hamas will not accept any prisoner exchange agreement with Israel unless Israel first releases all former Palestinian prisoners who were released in the Galad Shalit deal and then later rearrested by Israel and that any prisoner swap with Israel should not be linked to improving the living conditions of Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. You gotta be kidding me. This is how much the Hamas government cares about its people. However, the pragmatic camp in Hamas has a different view. Headed by Ismail Hanaya and Osama Hamadan, this camp believes that it would be a mistake for Hamas to reject the recent proposals, especially humanitarian aid, as long as it is not required to pay a political price. Have you noticed that Hamas wants everything for nothing? Hamadan, who is based in Lebanon, was recently quoted as saying that Hamas was open to positively discussing and studying all the ideas and proposals, but without affecting our national rights or paying a political price. The Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, he added, were entitled to a dignified life and to end their suffering. Hamas's conflicting messages over the proposals and initiatives concerning the Gaza Strip have even managed to confuse Egyptian and Qatari mediators. Ambassador Mohammed El Amadi, a senior Qatari diplomat who in the past few years has been spearheading efforts to resolve the crisis in the Gaza Strip, has thus far been unsuccessful in his attempt to persuade Hamas leaders to accept any of the initiatives, including a prisoner swap with Israel. Both Al-Amadi and the Egyptians have heard different messages from various Hamas leaders regarding the proposals and initiatives. The message that Hamas is sending to the Qatari envoy and the Egyptians is one that says, yes, these are very good and badly needed projects, but we are reluctant to accept them out of fear that we will be accused of betraying the Palestinian people and cause. Hamas's fear does not seem to be unjustified, the increased talk about humanitarian aid and economic projects in the Gaza Strip has prompted Fatah and PA leaders in the West Bank to accuse Hamas of being in collusion with Israel and the U.S. to establish a separate Palestinian state in the Gaza Strip. Reading between the lines... Hamas is not afraid the people will get the wrong idea, but that the Palestinian Authority will call them traitors. Last week, for instance, Fatah's spokesman Osama Kawasme claimed that Hamas was part of an Israeli-American Qatari suspicious conspiracy to promote U.S. President Donald Trump's yet-to-be-unveiled plan for peace in the Middle East. The plan, according to Kawasme, aims at liquidating the Palestinian cause in return for humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip. Trump's plan must destroy Hamas and the PA, or there still won't be peace. The ingathering process that I have spoken of frequently in the last couple of years is happening not just among Christians and Hebrew Roots believers, but also among Muslims. This process of Muslims returning is happening already. Muslims are converting to Christianity and Judaism. Why is this? Well, first let's look at Muslims converting to Christianity here. Then later I will share an article about Muslim conversions to Judaism. I believe this is more evidence for this end time jubilee season being a heart issue. For us Hebrew Roots believers, the Torah was a heart issue and we came out of the church. But for returning Muslims, the church is the most visible option when the Hebrew DNA remembers Yahweh 
and knows to expect a Messiah to bring him back into the covenant of Abraham. I believe Yahweh is at work bringing his people back into his fold. Now, back to the article. Hamas is now trying to find a face-saving compromise that will allow it to agree to some of the initiatives to help the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, but without being seen as having made substantial concessions that would harm its image and undermine its rule in the Gaza Strip. The words compromise and concessions have never existed in Hamas's lexicon. For many years, Hamas has been accusing its rivals in Fatah of making concessions to Israel and the U.S. Now, Hamas is afraid of facing the same charges as it considers the various initiatives to alleviate the suffering of the Palestinians living under its rule in the Gaza Strip. It now remains to be seen which of the competing camps in Hamas will have the final say. Herein lies another problem for the state of Israel. There is a great big army sitting on their northern border. This army, Iran, is working very hard to help the Syrians clean up the Syrian civil war mess so that Syria's army can be used for other purposes, namely the destruction of Israel. Yahweh always places an army on Israel's northern border every time his people got the idea they can live in and defile the land with impunity. The first army God used to punish his people in the biblical kingdom of Israel was the Assyrians who punished the northern tribes. Then came the Babylonians, Greeks, Persians and Romans to punish the southern tribes. This time the Islamic Persians are coming again and they will punish both houses together because we are stubborn and stiff-necked showing hatred to each other and refusing to be reunified and restored on our own. It will take Messiah's reign to force and enforce his will on his currently unrighteous nation. It's kind of like when dad yells from upstairs to his fighting children downstairs, you don't want me to come down there. And we all know what dad meant. Syria is winning this war thanks to Donald Trump and his deal with Putin. Trump established a deal between the Russians and Israel and Jordan to allow Russia to operate militarily in Kunitra and Dara provinces on Israel's and Jordan's borders. The deal was for Syrian government forces to be deployed so that all pro-Iran groups would be removed from those border areas. Syria is only cleaning up groups fighting against its own government and is leaving behind those pro-Iranian militias. Was Trump naive, thinking Russia could or would control Iran? These two nations in heavy trade and military agreements that have formed the 4 plus 1 coalition? Or is it possible Putin duped Trump into thinking he would encourage Iran to withdraw from Syria when it is obvious that both Russia and Iran have ulterior motives for remaining in Syria. Debka reported this week that pro-Iranian forces under the command of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard are marching south to the de-escalation zone that the Syrian army just took back from the rebels fighting its government for the last eight years. Here is what the article says. The army column is expected to reach Israel's southern Golan border by the end of the week. On its way north from Daraa on Monday, July 9th, this mixed force of Syrian army, Hezbollah, and Iraqi and Afghan Shiite militias under Revolutionary Guards General Qassam Soleimani's command captured three rebel villages, Karb al-Sham, Zazun, and Tal-Shahab. 
the force's first objective is the Syrian-Jordanian border and the Yarmouk region held by the ISIS-affiliated Khalid ibn al-Walid army. These extremists are likely to fold quickly under the assault and so by the end of the week the column will be free to turn towards the Israeli border along the southern Golan. Debkafile's military sources report that unless Israel takes preventive action in time, this Syrian-Iranian push will link up with other forces to encircle the Kanitra region opposite the Israeli Golan from the east, south, and north. Yet no action has been taken, although the new Syrian military advance threatens to deposit Hezbollah and pro-Iranian militias not just opposite the Golan, but along the Israeli-Syrian border east of the Sea of Galilee and Hamat Gadar. The Syrian army and its allies are therefore moving ever closer to the Israeli border after their initial thrust, which was first revealed by Debkafile on July 9th. Bashar Assad has brought his Kuditra operation forward for the purpose of thwarting any accommodations President Vladimir Putin may reach with Benjamin Netanyahu when they talk in Moscow on Wednesday, July 11th. Folks, this is a serious situation. Now, back to the Haaretz article. The Iranians have to take into account the possibility that an escalation in the Iranian-Israeli conflict might bring about direct U.S. involvement on Israel's side. Iran's problem is compounded by a rapidly deteriorating Iranian economic situation. In light of all this, would it be the better part of wisdom for Iran to abandon its expansionist plans in Syria? That, no doubt, is being considered in Tehran among the available alternatives. There is also another player in this precarious game, Russia. It is the Russians who have saved Syrian President Bashar Assad from defeat by the coalition of rebel forces in his country, but just as his position seems to have been stabilized by Russian military intervention, as Russian air and naval bases in Syria have been secured under his rule, the Russians see the possibility that his continued rule might be endangered by the Israeli attacks on the Iranian deployment in Syria. They have evidently become convinced that Israel will not be dissuaded from its plan to force the Iranians to leave Syria. Thus, the King of the South will continue to use Israel to do its dirty work of provoking Iran since Israel is the nation most immediately in Iran's plan of attack when it comes. The author of this Haaretz article believes the alliance between Russia and Iran is weakening and that Russia is leaning closer to Israel now. However, this March 2, 2018 New Yorker magazine article says that Russia and Iran are actually deepening ties, not loosening them. This article says, what a difference a year and a policy reversal can make. The Trump administration's decision to challenge the 2015 Iran nuclear deal now carries a broad geostrategic price. The relationship between Moscow and Tehran, once tactical militarily, coldly calculating diplomatically and practical economically, has been converted into a growing strategic partnership. Vladimir Putin's relentless quest to make Russia a superpower again is part of it. Iran's goal is just to be a player again. Since President Trump took office in 2017, Moscow and Tehran have shared increasingly common bonds, growing tensions with Washington, and a quest to expand spheres of influence in the Middle East. The Jews seem to be in an impossible situation, but they will find out that they are not. 
our Elohim, Yahweh, will come to their rescue. Part of his plan is to fill Judah's bow with Ephraimites. That's us. He will unite us through the common cause of war with Iran and Russia. I believe it will be during this time that the Jews will realize who we really are and will begin to welcome us as Hebrews and not try to make us Jews. They will look at Joseph like Judah did in Egypt and will see us as their family, not as potential converts to be served up on the platter of Judaism. Christians likewise will see and realize the Jews don't need to be served up on their conversion platter either. This Jubilee season is part of all of our advancement through going through Trump's peace process and facing the enemy on Israel's border together as a family. And this Jubilee season is leading us to the Messiah's Jubilee declaration. But first, we have to go through Great Tribulation. Now, here is another article that highlights the double-edged sword of decisions being made in the state of Israel at this time. Israel has already understood itself to be a Jewish state. But for the past five years, politicians, specifically those on the right, have been pushing for legislation that would make that fact irrefutable, strengthening their ability to incorporate the country's Jewish national and religious character into government policy. From the outset, human rights organizations and political figures on the left have decried the proposed law as anti-democratic, arguing that even in its mildest version, it legitimizes giving Jews and the Jewish religion preferential treatment and denying full and equal rights to the country's non-Jewish citizens. Therein lies the rub. If this bill passes the Knesset, it will set up the scenario of the Jews requiring all citizens to be Jewish by ethnicity or religion. In other words, here comes the next escalation of conversion, possibly mass conversions as they practiced in the past. The clause that has upset them most would explicitly allow the establishment of communities that are segregated by religion or nationality, giving discrimination an official stamp of approval. The clause in the bill declares that the state can allow a community comprised of people of the same faith or nationality to maintain an exclusive community. Some fear that enshrining this principle in law could not only lead to discrimination against Arabs and other non-Jews, but could also be interpreted as permitting discrimination against groups within the Jewish population. There are other controversial clauses in the proposed law that are also proving problematic. Hebrew will be the official language of the state with the status of Arabic being reduced from an official to special language. Another clause would instruct judges to look for precedents from Jewish legal rulings in instances where Israeli law offers no guidance. Now finally, here is an article that clearly shows what I am talking about regarding how Yahweh is working to reveal himself to his people and also revealing their true identity to them. Most Hebrew Roots people identify with the Northern House of Israel the way that the Jews identify with the Southern House of Judah. But here is what an article says about a young man who was born Muslim by religion, then discovered that he is actually Jewish by ancestry. Meet Mark Halawa. Halawa is a Muslim who was born in Kuwait. 
He grew up in Kuwait and believed that he was a Palestinian Arab refugee. He grew up with this knowledge that his grandmother was Jewish, but his family told him that she converted to Islam. In his 20s, Mark learned that since his grandmother was Jewish, he was also Jewish. This motivated him to learn about Judaism. Today, Mark lives his life as a religious Jew in Jerusalem. Mark grew up and was educated in Kuwait to hate Jews and believe that they are evil. They taught him that Jews were the enemy, that hatred was part of him and all his family, friends, classmates, and neighbors throughout his years of Muslim education. One day, he then decided to be the enemy that he was always taught to hate. Mark's message to humanity is that we all want to live in peace. Jews, Christians, and Muslims should all live in peace. Hate should not be taught. Only by being taught love and acceptance of all will we be able to live peacefully together despite our differences. House of Israel people who are in Hebrew roots or Christianity and Muslims who are living inside and outside Israel, Jews who don't know they are Jews but are trapped in Christianity or Islam must all be claimed and they will be by the Messiah. I believe Yahweh has started the process of ingathering. Part of that is to get his people to broaden their scope of understanding and mercy and to recognize each other as the Hebrews we truly are. Keep this in mind all the time. This Jubilee season is another of Yahweh's heart tests. Will we, individually and as a people, accept all of our Hebrew brethren, regardless of their ethnicity and current religion, and whether they are in Israel or outside it. Will the Jews allow these people to join them in a covenant of peace without converting them to Judaism? Right now, I think the answer is no. Eventually, the answer will be yes, because the Messiah to come, Yeshua, who came through Nathan, David's son, will rule the house of Jacob, which is the reunited houses of Judah and Israel. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.